Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 14th reason. This is Nick Brown, Frowny Brown from Frowny Brown Town. This is Vladies from What Culture. This is El Diablo, El Dorado, El Dorito. And of course, this is Close to the Sun coming at you on Wednesday, the 13th of September, 2017. Second week in a row, we're going to have a guest today. Um, yeah, this is probably the first guest that I've really had to kind of put myself on the line to get. Um, Wade Custison, how are we doing today? Nick Brown, very great to be here, mate. It's good to have you. I'm like, I'm really excited because there's a lot of things I kind of want to um, discuss with you. Um, you know, I want to talk about like what you're up to now, how you got there and everything kind of in between. Um, just for those who don't know, what have you been doing with yourself? Uh, so Nick, currently in my final semester of university, which is uh, a breath of fresh air, that's for sure, mate. So finishing that off, uh, sport management. So studying business major in sport management. And then I'm working part-time at a nursery, which I've been at for four years now, Mansfield's Nursery in Carum Downs. And um, I'm also doing an internship, a bit of work placement with Melbourne City in the A-League. How does somebody get to that? How does somebody actually get that kind of work? Because it's a, uh, it sounds very lucrative. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like, it sounds something that's hard to get. Uh, it's, it be? It's, I was talking to someone today about this and um, it's, to be honest, it's been a build up. So it's probably been since I was a kid um, being involved at VFL level for a long time and getting a taste of, you know, what professional sport is like, um, you know, behind the scenes and, and what, what it actually takes to run a footy club and you work out what your passions are. Um, so probably, from then, I did a few little uh, jobs around the Franks and Dolphins and on then the Casey Scorpions and um, through my studies, um, a few connections along the way I was very lucky to have and uh, stepping outside my comfort zone and, and ringing people up and, and just asking. And, uh, you know, some people are afraid to ask, but um, like my dad always said, mate, the squeaky wheel always gets the oil. So spoke up and, and got the opportunity. So I'm loving it. Yeah, that's exactly it. You kind of um, you kind of need to put yourself out there to get that. Um, so you're there now. Do you have a um, at Melbourne City? Do you have a kind of goal going forward to kind of stay there, or you're not too sure at this stage? A bit. It would be the ultimate. Um, so at the moment, I'm just currently doing um, you know two days a week. Uh, so my total, I have to reach 200 hours by the end of October, and you know I'm doing a mixture of different roles in the media department uh, from you know picking up and, and videoing picking up cameras, videoing, photography, a um, bit of behind-the-scenes footage, and then I'm writing, you know, journal articles and, and pieces that go onto the website, um, which I'm, you know, it's it's stuff I haven't done a lot of, a lot of the writing stuff. I, I love the media side of things and getting behind the mic like we are now, mate. And, yep. uh, but it's good, to, it's good to learn and get a few new skills on them about that's exactly it just kind of another um you know adding some more tools to the trade kind of thing and exactly do you um so i want to go back to where you know how do you got to this position you know looking back on how you've kind of grown up in that do you remember do you have an earliest memory do you have like kind of the first thing you ever remembered yes oh probably not a specific memory but you know it's 
I'll talk about this one. It's footy, you know, yep. as we all love it. Um, I remember going into the club rooms of the Western Bulldogs. I'm a doggy supporter, as you know. And um, I remember going to the rooms and my old man at the time was close friends with um, a player, Paul Hudson. And I remember going into the rooms and I was probably only, I reckon, five or six. And we went in there and I was shaking hands with a few of the players. And as a kid, you didn't really have any idea, but... I, it's just a brief memory in my mind that I, I remember being in there and I don't know when you, you're in that environment as a, a little tacker it's um, it tends to carry carry on through Definitely. the rest of your life so um, that's probably my earliest memory and then uh, through you know my dad being at the Frankston Dolphins and you get involved and you know I was the ball boy for quite a while when I was you know nine to ten and um, you learn a few new skills and I guess just over time, it just the passion just kept on building. And you were you were a player at some stage, weren't you? Yeah, oh, very very ordinary, Nick. <laughs> mate. Could I get a kick? No, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I played at Franks and YCW. So that's a pretty good effort. Then uh, we got a flag. We got a flag. So I played in an under fourteen flag, and I can tell you right now, I did not get a kick. I'm telling you, I didn't get a kick. You got a medal, but <laughs> I got a medal. That's all that matters, mate. But um, yeah, so I played at YC all my juniors, and uh, actually wanted to play for Pearsdale. As a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to play for Pearsdale. I had a few mates playing there and dad wouldn't let me. He's like, no, <laughs> mate, you're going to YC. Obviously, YC, a very, you know, well-renowned club. and Yeah. Um, you know, great success over at YC. So I went over there and um, played on my juniors and unfortunately just to a few injuries, mate, I, I just kind of stopped playing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, well, same here. Exactly, yeah. exactly the same thing with me. Do you, um, growing up, did you have any kind of like idols? And are you like, you know, who were the main people you kind of looked up to? Uh, probably mentioning before Hutto, yeah, Paul Hudson. Yes, yeah. Um, having a close relationship with him from when I was a, a little kid. So, you know, having a professional footballer in your life and, and having a relationship with them. Yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty influential. Um, probably, and then obviously a mad doggy supporter. I, I loved Brad Johnson, mate. John yeah, mate. yeah, definitely. He was uh, the smiling assassin. He was someone I always looked up to. And uh, in, in terms of sporting personalities, yeah, that would be the probably the people. How much did it? Um, how much does it mean to you, even looking back, having someone like Hutto there, kind of having that relationship with somebody like that? Because you know, not many people get that opportunity. Mm. It's uh, it's something I'm truly grateful for, um, and I still have a very close relationship with him to this day. Yeah. Um, talk to him on the regular, and he's helped me. You know, you know, connections. Once you shake someone's hand, you and you ongo that relationship. You know that. You know he's given me opportunities now in you know, in the VFL level. And, yeah, definitely. And I know, you know, he's always got my back now. So um, to have that relationship with Hutto, it's, it's been great. Um, and I'm really blossoming, I think, throughout that now. You were saying, you know, sport's obviously a big part of your life. If you had, um, you know, if you had to kind of sum up what it all means to you, what does actually sport mean to you growing up? Do you, is there any way you can do it? Because I can't. It's so it's hard for question. me. It's so hard for me to describe what it actually means to me. I, I mis- maybe you have the answer. I think like being a person that probably wasn't great at footy. Um, yeah. I love tennis. I played a lot of tennis growing up, and I wasn't bad at tennis. I was a lot better at tennis than footy, mate. But um, <laughs> it probably wasn't about winning. It was, you know, it was about getting together with your mates. Um, yeah, and just having fun, and, and through that that team environment and being a part of something. I, th- I think for me, that's sport. You know, I can't imagine traveling the world as a an individual athlete on your own or with your team, I suppose. But just that team environment, I think that that's what sport is to me, being a part of that team. And being part of that moment, if that uh, if that success exactly, kind of comes to 100%. you. Exactly, 100%. Is there... Um... 
you know, you growing up was, uh, and with sport and everything like that, was you very close with family? Was family a big thing for you? Massively, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, family, it's for all, all, my whole family, family's number one. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the the values that have been brought through. Yeah, um, of course. So that's something I've been taught as a kid. You know, your family always comes first. Uh, and I guess the mixture through sport, um, you know, my dad and, and I, that was our connection through sport. So um, now family is very important to me, as you know, Matt. And that's always going to carry through with you, yes? 100%. Is it something like, you know, Obviously, you've grown up with that in mind. Does that extend out to your whole family kind of thing? Because I know there are you know, different types of connections with family. I know mine, I'm very close with my close family. Extended is another story. It's not like I only see them a couple of times a year. Are you more closer with your extended? Or? This is just a great example. Um, you know, every, every Friday night, I'd be over at my pop's house, me and my oh, dad. Perfect, yeah. And we'd be watching the footy, you know, or... Uh, close friend of yours, Nathan Custison, my cousin. Yep. Uh, you know, we've got a very strong relationship and, and Neil, his old man and um, footy is, that's what we talk about. Yeah, of course. Know? And that kind of brings you guys together. Exactly. You know, does I've, that have a, um, you know, being so close with that, does that kind of, you know, you look at that and you kind of go, how lucky am I to have that? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Especially uh, now that uh, what's, what's, I guess, happened in the last 12 months to, to our family and myself, you look back at those times, especially with my pop and my dad and mate, the, just sport, the way it, uh, can control your emotions and be such a huge part of, of who you are. It's pretty special. Of course. Yeah. Just, and the way it brings everybody together is just, it's something that I've never been able to, you know, as you, you know, it's hard to kind of pinpoint like a kind of a phrase or a sentence to kind of put it together. It's just a feeling, it's an emotion and it's just something it's, it's indescribable to me. I've, <laughs> mate, I've, I've seriously, I'm that passionate when it comes to the doggies, mate. Yeah. I, I, at sometimes my mum actually goes a bit mad at me because <laughs> I just get so into it. Like I'm whacking the couch, I'm yelling at the TV and they don't understand they just don't get it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's funny to hear that, like people who don't get it. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be at the game tomorrow, like at the uh, the Richmond uh, Cats game, and I'm going to lose my mind the whole for the whole two and a half hours. I can't help myself. It's just like it's so important yeah. to me, and it's just to get that win, any any kind of win. Well, and, that in itself, you know, tomorrow night there's going to be ninety five thousand, mate, and to that, be a part of that, to be a part of that, um, people all around the world won't understand the enormity of that, um, and. To be in the stadium like you will tomorrow night, it's going to be very good. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, so growing up through you know uh, your teenage years and that um, that kind of connection with sport, with family, and that that never kind of dwindled at all, did it? Nah, nah. It was always, mate. Every weekend, every weekend at the at the Frankston Dolphins or and Mum was there, my two sisters were there, so it was through the whole family. <laughs> is there like um, you know, that kind of positivity? Does that carry through like your whole life, kind of thing? Do you still have that now? Because like it's something that um I, I've noticed with you especially like maybe online and on like social media stuff and that that you know, you're very um you really like to put yourself out there and kind of in that positive light and I think there's something that a lot of people me myself included are very scared to do for whatever reason you know and it's um do you find it hard to do that or like is it just something that comes within you I never really did it to be honest Nick until yeah. probably this this time of my life you know my dad passed away twelve months ago and um. People would probably think, geez, you'd go and hide away. You know, you yeah. jump under a rock, um, keep your emotions to yourself. Um, but I think social media, I've always, through my, you know, alignments with Casey, the Casey Scorpions, and I did a bit of media stuff there and now at Melbourne City, um, 
you look at the power of social media and and building your own brand as a person. You know, face a lot of people complain. You know, why are you always on your phone or you know what's with Facebook? You know, mums. You know, why yeah, are you always on your phone? Whereas I see it as such a, a a massive tool that you can use to actually not only empower yourself but empower others. So um, I'm pretty out there when it comes to posting. I post my, yeah. my emotions on the weekly, on the daily. Um, I think I'm a funny guy, so <laughs> well, I hope I. <laughs> you make yourself laugh, so it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully, someone out there, Mum, is laughing at the videos, um, and I, and I just really enjoy it. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Have you ever had um, any cases of anyone kind of, um, I guess, like you know, making sly comments about it or anything like that, or is it, does that never? You know, nah, I'm guessing that doesn't phase you. It doesn't phase me. I've, um, I'm sure if I got to like you know we all have visions and you know my one of my visions is to get to a certain um following i guess of course not yep. counting numbers but i want to influence people yeah um when it gets to that stage i guess i think you'll you'll start reading things and um, yep. understanding or not understanding just seeing negativity but at the moment mate uh, if anyone thinks anything of me uh, to be honest i don't care i'm doing what i want to do and uh to be honest, I feel what I'm doing is positive, so I can't see why people have anything against me. Do you have any, do you have any um, kind of uh, answer to why there is so much kind of negativity running around, or do you do you think it's just uh, the way people are wired these days, or do you think it's something else? I think we all aim to to find happiness, right? And social media, unfortunately, is um, now a tool for that. Yeah, you know, people are getting paid millions of dollars to post a photo. You know, yeah. girls are getting paid $30,000 to, you know, to wear a bikini or to promote a, I don't know, a skincare brand. Yeah. Um, we, everyone wants that. So they're bringing each other down. Uh, that's probably social media and Instagram, I think. But YouTube, I know, is a massive uh, thing at the moment. Um, and there's, you know, lots of negative comments. I think it's just based, you know, all around, you know, jealousy, to be honest. Yep. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's fair. I've liked this. It is just, it's one of those, again, it's just one of those things that's very hard to kind of pinpoint why it, why it would be like, you know, maybe, maybe it's their way of entertaining themselves or like that's what they that's all they've got to do. Like maybe that's just what well, they... You, I also look at it, you know, you, the footballers, you know, they, pretty much every AFL footballer is on social media in some way or another. Um, they play a bad game and they get absolutely <laughs> smashed. And I feel so sorry for them because for one most of the comments are just completely false because they, those people who are posting that have no idea what's going on, not just in the player's lives, but you know, that player is getting told to play a certain way. Um, he might never, might've actually played a good game, Yeah. but you know, little Johnny sitting <laughs> up the top, he wouldn't have a clue, you know, cause he, cause he dropped a mark. So, um, it's just everyone, you know, there's lots of negativity out there, but it's a matter of how you handle it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you were saying before, um, about your, about your dad, um, what what was his kind of um what was he doing for work growing up and you know what was his kind of influence on you in that kind of area? Yeah, uh, so dad, known as Dicky Boy, as everyone would, would know him. Yep. Uh, he was pretty much, I think, an influencer. You know, he um, before social media and Instagram <laughs> and Facebook were around, um, but he did it with word of mouth. So my dad was um, an event manager, uh, created his own company, a positive move, um, held events. Um, and booked out speakers and entertainers and that business is still going um and probably the biggest event that everyone uh really gets up and about is uh his grand final breakfast which has been going on it's, I think. it's huge isn't it yeah so i know one little story is you know dad had his, had his first grand final breakfast oh, probably years probably 12 to 
14 years ago now and uh, Kevin Shetty was one of the speakers and he, Dad probably only, he probably struggled to get 100 people, 100, bum, yeah. 100 bums on seats and um, he had a coffee with Sheeds after the, after the function and, you know, Sheeds, what, you know, how, do I, how can I get this better? What can I do? And Sheeds just said, mate, just keep, keep providing goodness to those, to those members, you know, keep providing value, um, keep caring for those 50 people or 100 people yeah. and you watch, you know. The numbers will come. The numbers will come. And 12 years later, just, you know, through nothing but care, hard work and, um, you know, now it's at about 1,200. So, um, you know, dad's really worked his butt off. I know that. Um, and, you know, to make a decision like he did when he was, you know, 20 years ago to create that business, that was before entrepreneurship was a thing. Did he have a uh, qualification for that or was this before that really mattered? I think it was before it mattered. Yeah. Because um, now, like, obviously, you have to have a piece of paper to do anything, really. Oh, it's, I think to a certain extent, uh, you know, if it... You know, if you want to, if you want to be, you know, CEO of, you know, the Richmond Football Club, you yeah, do. yeah. But um, I think what Dad has has done is a great example for people these days. You you do need a bit of paper, but not necessarily. Yeah. So, you know, that was twenty years ago. Um, he dropped out of school in year ten. He he worked, you know, at a, a men's menswear store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> up in South Melbourne and caught the training every day. He then went over to. Uh, uh, as a, as electrical sales rep, so selling electrical goods and uh, and then you know found his passion in people and sport and created a, a positive move. It's something like the um, it just shows the way you know the way you treat people can really rub off and kind of come back in a positive way to you. And that's kind of something that um I you know from everything I've heard and every every um you know kind of interaction I had with Dicky was. Yo, that's exactly what he did. He kind of he gave respect to everybody, um, gave everybody the time of day, and it's something that, yo, obviously is rubbed off on you, and obviously is rubbed off about around, uh, sorry, around, off, rubbed off on the people around him, yeah. and it's just, uh, it's it's incredible, isn't it? Like, you know, just to see kind of how much impact he actually has had. Yeah, oh, a huge impact, and I think as you know, as he was my dad, sometimes you don't, well, you didn't. Uh, noticed a lot of that yeah of course yeah because that was that was i was around him all the time so you know a shake of the hand and a g'day or that was nothing to me or being in the car every time we're in the car was a phone call and it wasn't a phone call about hey mate let's sign the sponsor and get x amount of dollars it was hey mate how's the family yeah all right Tiki, what are you ringing me for no i just want to see how you're going they were the phone calls mate whenever we were in the car longer than half an hour it was you know but that's the amount of care that's how he ran his business. And going the extra mile, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And I, I think that's a massive problem that today. You know, probably there's not enough everyone wants instant gratification, you know, yes, yeah. uh, money and but to get there, you gotta you gotta show that care like he did. Well that's exactly it. You know, there is um I've you know, I've said this on many podcasts, it is very much a now, now, now kind of generation. You need you need it right now. And like a lot of it is kind of you put in the work and you put the care in, you show the appreciation and it's gonna come eventually. And I think that that's a really um a really strong and positive business model that obviously he implemented and it's it's you know, the fact that it's still going today, twenty what is it, twenty years, yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, it's something like that, you know, on you could just be like, oh, it's just something that came off, you know, no piece of paper and just kind of went, you know, this is on, this is built on relationships. This is built on the communication between people. And it's, it is, it's quite, it's incredible. And just to see how it's all rubbed off on people. I look at, um, you know, the way he not only created the business, but how he balanced everything else around it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what inspires me the most about my dad is 
he ran the, the business is running from home. So, you know, we live in Somerville. Um, we've got the two-story house. There's the office at the front. And he's got, you know, he's had three or four workers work for him over the time. But the way he balanced his, his work, his family, his passion, so sport, going to the doggies games with me, um, that, that is something that just motivates me every day because I think if you want something, which I know a lot of people want, is flexibility. And my, my dad, he had that. Uh, yeah, you know, he might not have had a million dollars, but he was happy, and I think that's all that matters. Did yeah, you're saying I was asking the question before about um, inspirations and that. I'm assuming that Dad was definitely. Oh, one. I was, you know, that hundred percent. It was, you know, maybe it's a bit too obvious for you to yeah, say. But like, exactly. you know, was that even like growing up, like you know, that you, he was just someone like was he just like a superhero? I think more now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's taken me. Yeah, you miss him, mate. So of course, yeah. Um, the way I kind of have that connection is well, how can I? not be him but how can I how can I do him proud or how can I you know I know what I'm doing he, he'd be giving me lots of advice and he was the master of that you know um that, that's what's been most difficult is you know he'd, he'd make not make my decisions but he'd know what to say he'd, and he had so many sayings that you still carry through today don't you 100 percent um there's quite a few you know inch by inch is a cinch yard by yard it's hard that's my yeah. favorite one yeah um you know you're never going to get anywhere in life if, like what we say, we want instant gratitude. Yeah. Um, that that saying and that quote, I think, goes with everything. You know, whether you're running a marathon or, you know, I did a triathlon at the start of the year and I was saying that to myself all the time, you know, get get to 100 metres, get to 200 metres. Um, and whether it's business, you know, I want to sign this member first and then I can, or you and your podcast, I'll get weighed on first as a guest and then I'll get the next person then I'll build it up and build it up. Nothing is built overnight, mate. Exactly. And... Yeah, I was touching before on how you were, um, like, growing up, how he, you know, obviously he was a key figure in the you know, sporting and event management industry. Did uh, people ever kind of look down on you from, like, for, you know, getting those kind of, those water boy jobs or, like, whatever, you know, kind of thinking that you had an advantage because of him? I, or think, like... I think I was at the age where kids weren't thinking that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah um, And I even got, not, you know, when I was 18, I played I still played footy, but I was still juggling my Casey Scorpions role. Yeah. And that was probably before I committed to it and I knew that's what I wanted. Um, so I was, what my role was at Casey, I had a few different roles. Of, I was the operations coordinator. So, you know, on, it was mainly just revolved around match day um, and I'd be up in the box doing the interchange on the computer Yeah, uh, for the senior team. So communicating with, you know, the guys on the bench and, and making sure everyone is running you know, the right way towards their rotation times. And copping a few sprays oh, in the process. <laughs> plenty. Um, that was scary. And as a, mate, as a 18 year old, it, yeah, of course. you know, but I, you know, other kids my age, especially a lot of my mates who are playing footy, you know, we let's go out tonight, wait us. Let's go get a beer. And, but you know, sometimes you had to say no because you had Casey the next day. Um, so at the time it doesn't seem, you know, you're thinking, I'm thinking I'm missing out and stuff. And, but yeah. now you look back and, I don't actually think people look down on me from that perspective with dad. I think um, I actually probably, you know, he got my foot in the door, yeah. but um, he didn't, he didn't hold my hand the whole way. He, yeah. um, he, uh, he taught me the right way to do it. Yeah. And you worked hard and you earned your positions and that's exactly it. And I think that that's something that, you know, a lot of people, 
you could get a um, a negative kind of attitude towards things like that because that it happens a lot in that in that sense. You know, people can go, oh, you know, the the dad's the only reason this person's in this position, or the you know, the 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 higher up cousin or the friend, the best friend who's yeah. a CEO is the only reason I've got a job or whatever. And it it is something like you know you need to work hard, and that's what you're going to be known for. It's, you're going to be known for what you do in the workforce, as opposed to you know who you know or what you know who you're related to. Yeah, I think. Um especially in you know the professional industry of sport um a lot of jobs are now not what you know who you know yeah um, but to get to that who you know you need to work to get that relationship yeah of course so it involves hard work anyway did you um with the grand final breakfast did you get to uh meet a bunch of people kind of you know growing up uh, mate there wasn't a, i reckon a weekend or a day <laughs> we couldn't go to the local footy yeah um without dad didn't want to go to the local footy because you know, every, he couldn't watch the game for one, and then me and him weren't spending time together because he'd be talking. <laughs> people would want to talk. Yeah, to him. yeah, of course. Um, that's and mate, to be honest, it was frustrating um, to the point where we went to America, mate, for our family holiday. Yeah. The first hotel we went into, oh, no. he's found a jockey that he knows from Australia. <laughs> Dicky, how are you, mate? And I'm like, I'm six. I'm only sixteen at the time, and I'm thinking we can't go anywhere. <laughs> like we're in the states, and we still can't get away. So. Um, you know, but that was also, you know, when you look back now and um, I've met plenty of people um, and I'm not talking just, you know, celebrities, you know, I've met footballers and um, had chats with, you know, um, plenty of personalities in the industry. But it's, you know, a lot of the people I've really built relationships with are the ones who, you know, are, have the close relationship with a positive move. Are the um is that America trip you're just saying was that the one where you got the photo in front of Disneyland? That's the one, mate. Yeah. Is it how how important was that? Because you know that was something that um was mentioned a few times. Yeah. Um, was that really a big thing? Uh, well, I know Dad was you know a visionary person. So you set a goal, you, you have a dream. He had a bucket list of about I reckon fifteen things, and he and he ticked off I reckon fourteen. You know, the one thing he didn't tick off was go to Italy. So, um. But everything else he did, mate. And yeah. um, I know one of those was take his kids to, to America, to Disneyland, and to go there. And um, I, I think being a kid, I didn't understand the enormity and how yeah. much it meant to him. 100%, yeah. You know, we're going to Disneyland. It's so hard to you know? even grasp that at that age, no, isn't it? Oh, exactly. You know, I thought we're just, you know, we're going, we're going to a theme park. Yeah, like Dreamworld. Disneyland, like, you, know? you know, how good's this? Yeah. Um, but to him, it was, you know, a very, very special moment and a milestone, you know. So we got, this wasn't even Disney World, mate. We got to Epcot, which was yeah, yeah, okay, probably yeah. the probably the worst park of the lot. All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our first park, and we rock up and in the bus, and I look at Dad, and he's bawling his eyes out. And my yeah. my dad is a very emotional person, and always has been, and that's probably something I'll you know look up to as well. He let his you know let his feelings out, but that I didn't get it at the time. Yeah, but I look back now, and that photo that you mentioned, you know, in the front of Disney World, and you know, what he lived by. If you can dream it, you can do it. And that was with everything in life for him. It was very like symbolic. And like, even like looking back at that now, I'm sure like, it's just, it would mean so much. Oh, it's mate, a hundred percent. You look back now and you think, wow. And and not, wow, we went to Disneyland. Wow. Look at my dad. Yeah. What a moment that was for him. For him. You know, it was, you know, I know as a kid, he mentioned, you know, he wanted to go to Disneyland. That was his thing as a kid. And, you know, they, he, he had four brothers and sisters, three sisters and a brother. And, you know, they grew up in Dandenong, never had much. Um, but you dream as a kid and um, he worked hard. He worked really hard. And I guess because he had that hardship, that moment 
that that probably meant more to him than the average person. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, even like you're saying, like growing up with not much, it would make him appreciate so much more. And like you know, as you were saying, like he wasn't a, a, a massively rich person, but he was very happy, and that's kind of what you want in life, isn't it? You I, don't, yeah. You know, it's all about kind of your own belief of how happy you I are. I think that's what has stemmed from into my positivity now. Yeah, is his outlook on life was you don't need to have everything. You know, it's I guess. It, for example, you know, giving someone a present. It's not about the present. It's about the give. Yeah. The, the give of the present. And I know that comes back to relationships and, and just being together. And um, that value, I know, meant a lot to dad. And it's something I continue to live by. Like just going like going a bit deeper into that. You know, obviously, um, you know, a year, about a year ago, isn't it yep. now? A bit, o- bit over a year ago? No, no, just under. Just under a yeah. year ago. Um you know, Dickie obviously passed away. Yeah. Um, can you know, I'm trying to make this? No, I, mate, yeah, let it out. Um, like, it's all good here. It's all good. Is um, we're open. How like how did you find out about that? And like how how big of an impact was that? Was that was it almost like surreal? Like, did you think it wasn't real? Like, oh, you still, you know, you look back. Um, it's the worst thing that'll ever happen to me. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, your best mate, my dad. Um, I don't, you know, a lot of people don't, everyone, every family is different, but our family was, you know, uh, incredibly special, mate. So we just lost our pop dad's dad only five months before that. And that was a big thing for our family, uh, a very big thing. And, you know, change, adapting to change. That's, that's probably, you know, one of the hardest things in life for anybody. Um, and change can be from, you know, losing your job to now losing a loved one. So you know, it's, it varies on different levels, but to be told the news and I'll never forget the day. Um, yeah, mate, it's, it, I was in, I was shocked. I was completely frozen. You know, when you, you get told, you know, dad sits me down and tells me he's got cancer, mate. So, um, I was in a bit of denial. Yeah. I didn't yeah. admit it really at first. I, mate, it's been 11 months, so I probably haven't even been through half of the feelings that's going to, you know, yeah, of course. happen from now on, but. Um, yeah, complete freeze, um, bit of denial, like I mentioned, and then you just complete sadness, I guess, at a stage. But then you take his outlook on life, and I know he was, you know, we wanted to fight this, so yeah, I then completely switched my mindset um, to we're going to kill it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, it didn't, you know, it was eight weeks, probably the, you know, uh, an eight weeks that I'll never ever forget. Um, but we were together, um, and that was quality time. And I know one thing's for sure is, you know, I'm truly grateful for every single minute moment um, that I had with my dad, mate. I got 22, just under 22 years with my dad. And I know I got 22 years that a lot of other pe- people, they'll get to 50, 60, 70. They wouldn't have the quality time. They will not have anything close to what I've had. And although I'm super sad, and shattered and mate, mate, we all are. Um, That's the outlook sometimes you gotta have, um, is having that, being faced with that adversity and how you handle it. And I'm gonna use it now to to get me to to the next chapter in my life. Does it, um, is there some kind of, you know, I guess in a really weird way, like a silver lining in terms of like now appreciating a lot more what you have and know it because you know how quickly it can be taken away. Is mm. there something along the lines like you know now nearly a year down the track or I think it 
it takes a moment like this for a lot of people yeah. for that to happen. A hundred percent. I have no doubts about that um, because you know we live busy lives and we forget that we only have one life. Yeah. A lot of the time. Um, so it's hundred percent that. But um, the silver lining for me wasn't actually then. It was probably a bit before then. Okay. Yeah. A bit before Dad got crook. Probably a year before that. Um, and I remember I read a book about gratitude. Yeah. Um, and and how to really embrace the little things in life and be mindful of, of life itself. Um, and I started a gratitude journal um, probably, yeah, a year before uh, my dad got sick. And, mate, every, every day, on, you know, you miss days. It's hard to be consistent. But, yeah, course, you know, yeah. say, you know, most days, every morning, I'd get up and I'd write three things I'm grateful for and why. And I look back now and I wrote, I reckon I wrote my dad's name and why I'm grateful for my dad probably if I wrote 360 gratitude days, I reckon I wrote his name 50 times. So that was before everything that happened. Yeah. Um, and he instilled that in me. Is before all this happened, he instilled how precious life is, um, just by the way he lived. You know, it's about connecting with people. It's about relationships. It's about dreaming big and working hard and and achieving what you want. Pretty much. It's yeah. It was. It's something that was incredibly like yo. When it the news kind of came out, it it affected a lot of people. Like a, a lot, yo, because of all obviously all the connections that he did make. Um, I remember yo when it happened. I yo straight away I thought of you because in the same sense you how close you and your dad are kind of in a way like in a different kind of way. Like me and my dad are incredibly close close as well. And it was almost like I you know I like to think of myself as somebody who would know what he'd do in every situation but i would have no idea what i would do and that's the the scariest thing like for somebody like me like kind of if that was to happen like what do you do with yourself mm. and how hard is that like you know to kind of come out the other side of that and still like you know a, you know a year on but like be so head up high kind of be positive and kind of taking it you know every yeah. step you can uh, yeah. to move forward i think the biggest thing i've learned um and like I'll, I'll keep mentioning is it's only been 10, 10 11 months. So, yeah. you know, I probably don't know enough about it yet and, and my feelings, they constantly change, mate. So, yeah. um, but what I've learned is, um, and like we know with mental health and especially these days with, you know, suicide is the number one death rate, I think, in Australia now, yeah. almost. So, and that leads to mental health. The number one thing I've learned is always speak up when you're feeling Shit, can I swear? Yeah, of course. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. When you're feeling shit, you need to tell someone. Yeah. Um, and it's 100% that, that that's what I had to do because you had terrible days um, and I still do. And yeah. and actually I had a chat with um, a person at work today and, you know, sometimes you don't want to say anything. Yeah, of course. You, yeah. Not that you feel a burden on somebody, but, you know, you might maybe you expect too much from people and – and when you expect something and don't get anything back, well, then, you know, you feel, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, mate, it's, uh, I, I probably can't draw the actual line. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a journey. It's still going. How much has your friends and family helped you through that? Like in, you know, as you're saying, you know, being able to speak up, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people willing to listen. And I, I think that's something that you have that, you know, a lot of people may, maybe don't have as much, but you have that because you've built so many relationships mm. and you have such a strong bond that I'm sure they would have been helping you every step of the way. Uh, 100%. Uh, my family, we're very close. I've got two, 
two lovely sisters and my beautiful mum. And we're all, and my dad, you know, we're a very tight-knit family um, and will be. But, um, you know, my relationship with my sisters is, is very different to a lot of other siblings I know out there. Yeah. You know, it's, um, like everyone knows, in our house it's always fun and it's always laughter and, you know, that's the way dad wanted it. And, you know, it was always very nice, you know, <laughs> bore out voices and yeah. movie quotes and having fun. And um, so we're still living that way and we're trying to, you know, because, you know, life's about having, having fun. But, um, yeah, mate, the, the support network around me um, has been, yeah, I've been very, very lucky. Uh, and I don't know if you put it at luck, but I know we've got lots of uh, close family, friends, and uh, dad's relationships with people and mum's relationships and, and even my close friends. You know, I've, you know, when it all happened, mate, I, you know, there wasn't a time where I wasn't getting a text message or a call or a call or people wanting to get a coffee with me and, and, you know, we might not have even talked about it, but yeah. they just wanted, you know, they wanted me to be with someone and to talk with someone and to know that, you know, there's, there's always, they're always there for me. Um, and I'm, and I'll be forever indebted for that. And I'll, I'll, that's what I want to be to other people as well. Yeah, you, exactly. You want Give to that up. back. That's incredible, isn't it? Like it's, you know, you, um, as you were saying before, you were a big, a big doggy fan um, Dickie as well. The whole, you know, doggies winning the grand final last year. Did you almost like during that time? Did you feel like it was just oh. meant to be? It was like a fairy tale. Oh mate, I can't even explain. Yeah. Like it's um, that. So I'll explain a bit what happened. So we we played our first final against West Coast. Yep. And I think that was probably nearly four weeks into Dad's um, illness and. He'd been going really well. So the Friday night was Geelong Hawthorne qualifying final. And dad, we had Brett Lovett and Jake Lovett, a close family friends of ours. Jake's a good friend of mine. And we had him over and it was just dad and I and Brett and I and we watched the qualifying final. And, you know, dad was feeling all right. He wasn't 100%. Yeah. You could tell he was starting to, but he was at home at this stage. And they came over and we watched the game. And um, actually, I think that was the Saturday night. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, the Friday night before that, the day before, dad had been in hospital. Yeah. Um, he'd, he'd gone in and, and been given some, I guess, a bit of special stuff to help him feel some feel better. Yeah. And um, and I watched the game by myself. And mum was at the hospital with dad and, and the girls were out somewhere. And I'm sitting at home watching the West Coast Doggies game and I'm texting Nathan, my cousin, mate, yeah. we're up by 50 points. Yeah, yeah. You know, halfway, you know, the, the, in the first half. And I'm thinking, geez, we, we haven't won it. We got over the line. For the next final, the Hawks... You know, I thought, nah, you know. Oh. Yeah, I went to that game. Did you? Yeah. I, I wish I could have gone. Yeah. So um, dad was in hospital. Um, and at this stage, our, you know, our plans were dad goes into hospital for a bit. Um, they look after him, give him the right stuff, we come back home. Um, he's in hospital for the qualifying final. And, I mean, for the uh, semi-final. And, uh, mate, I was watching on telly and I could not believe what was happening. Yeah. Like, um and you're in the hospital, you can't get too excited. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. And because of the situation, you don't get yeah. too excited either. You know, Dad was telling me, calm down, calm down. <laughs> We're in a prelim, mate. And by this stage, um, this is a night I'll never forget. And if anything, this meant more to me um, than the grand final in itself. Yeah. Is Dad was in palliative care. So by this stage, we were told they couldn't do anything, um, which that was the hardest day for me, definitely, um, being told that. Um so the quali- I mean, the preliminary final, we're in palliative care. Uh, 
we didn't even watch the game. So, because yeah. there's family friends coming in and out. Of course. And, um, a lot of them were actually out in the family room watching the game. And uh, I'm in the palliative care room with dad, mum, a couple of family friends, Schultzy and Tiff, and was just sitting there talking with dad. And just it's just really nice and peaceful. And I go, shit, we better put the last quarter on. Yeah. And, um, you know, dad's completely with it, you know. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's completely with it. Um, we're... <laughs> One by one, I reckon all the family, without us even knowing, you know, one one person comes into the room, the next, the next. By the last two minutes of the game, that preliminary final, we had about 15 to 20 family and close friends in the room. Yeah. Dead silent. And we're, I'm holding my dad's hand and, mate, Jake Strings kicked it across goal. Tory Dixon's taken the mark. And I'm like, I can't, like, just tears, mate. Yeah. And everyone's just in disbelief. How is this actually happening? Yeah. Like how? This is just crazy, you know. I went to the 09, 08, 010 prelims with dad and cried my eyes out <laughs> on the drives home and um, when is it going to be our turn? And, you know, for me, I haven't waited that long. But um, I think going to the grand final and experiencing that, it was very bittersweet because um, that's dad's time of year, the grand final breakfast. We had that. Dad couldn't go. Um, you know, he had you know, 10, 15. 10 to 12 of the, you know, the biggest sporting personalities he's helped over the years all on stage together and talking yeah. about Dickie and, um, and then going to the grand final, I went with my mum. That was a very hard day because, yeah. you know, that's something I wanted to do with, you know, I thought I wanted the Bulldogs to win the flag, but what I wanted was I wanted to share it with my dad. Of course, yeah. So, um, you know, it was, it was a day full of tears. I don't think I stopped crying um, from, you know, it was even stranger, the living end they played um, before the game. And our song, you know, uh, Keep On Running was kind of our motto song yeah. through that whole stage. And that, you know, when that got played and sting every breath you take, mate, you know, music's a big part of our family. So, um, and then the game and to win it, um, I had, I, I just knew we were going to win it. Like, yeah. Um, but like I said, mate, you know, after the game, I went back to the palliative and dad probably was, he knew he won, but he didn't obviously get to watch it properly you know he wasn't yeah. you know he's, he was on a lot of painkillers so um it was a it was a crazy time uh, but one i'll i'll remember forever does it it's, it's heavy isn't it like, oh, it's, like uh, it's incredible like just how that kind of all lined up like, and it's <laughs> is it um you know like going a little bit forward just for a sec when the when the funeral happened were you surprised with how many people showed up it was just ridiculous. Like it was just that many people to pay respects to Dickie. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was. Um, it was, and it was heartbreaking. Like yeah. at the same time, I don't think I was surprised. No, yeah. not at all. Um, because, like I said, mate, you know, as from a young kid, and everywhere you go, everyone yeah. knew my dad. So, um, and I reckon probably, you know, there was two thousand people there. I reckon another three thousand could have been there. Yeah, you know, I think of the amount of hands my dad would have shaken over the years. Probably would have been ten thousand hands. Yeah. Um, so, no, I wasn't surprised, Nick. I was, um, you know, that that's that was a day I, you know, obviously remember and a hard day, like you mentioned. Um, but a day to celebrate and, but no, I wasn't surprised. It was, um, that's just the man Dad was. He helped a lot of people. Um, he was very special. Meant a lot to a lot of people. That's what it told me. You know. You know, that's my dad. Yeah. 
you know, that's yeah. my dad and look at all these people he's influenced you know and i and i get to sit on the couch with him every night and watch a movie and have a laugh and shake his hand and he gets to pick me up you know when i go out for a few beers and he picks me up no matter what time or we go to the doggies games and we we laugh we cry we quote movies together yeah. you know we my, my relationship with my dad um is something i'll i'll never have with anyone else um i'll have it again with him one day but um yeah mate i wasn't surprised do you um do you believe in uh, everything happens for a reason? Are you somebody who kind of believes in that or are you on the other side of that? No, I'm, I'm a big believer of that. I'm a massive advocate of that. Um, I think life is, mate, life in itself, it, it doesn't just happen. You know, it's not just, we're not just given this earth and, and let's all just live with our physical beings. Yeah. Um, and then we go. I don't believe that. I believe there's much bigger power than that. Um, we're here to make a difference, for one. Um, but no, I don't. I, I really do believe everything happens for a reason. And and this, I think, has happened for a reason. I, I, I don't want to say it. Um, but it hasn't happened for a reason. It hasn't happened, I guess, you know, we're taking your dad away and, and that's the reason. Yeah. I think it's... I'll, I'll work it out down the track. There's something that will appear later yeah. on. You know, it's brought our family, you know, I'll look at, uh, I'll give a quick shout out to my sister, mate. You know, it's, um, it's inspired a few of us, you know, look after your health. And my dad did, but, um, you know, we learned a lot through that period. You know, my sister Camille's lost 30 kilos. Yeah. And um, she's had more energy than she's ever had and she's looking amazing and confidence is through the roof and, you know, my sister Taylor, she's now doing great things. She's started a uni course and she's going to Tony Robbins next week. And, you know, it's, and my mum is just an absolute saint. She's, um, she's, um, sorry, mate. She's, um, doing an incredible job, you know, still running the business, um, still doing her thing, um, connecting and, and on keeping the relationships, uh, alive with everybody, I, I guess you could say, uh, you know, no one's going to be like Dickie. So, but shit, if there is anybody, it's going to be her. So, um, I believe, yeah, we're all we're all here to we're all here for a reason, and everything that happens around us is you know happening for a reason. But it's just how we, I guess, um, what's the word? How, how do you come back from that? How do you respond to that to that scenario or that adversity that's happening to you? You know, because we're all going to get dealt. Heavy blows, mate. Yeah, of course. You know, there's some serious realities that are going to happen to everybody and no one realises it. Like, and that's what I'm a massive advocate of gratitude is because if you're being grateful for this very moment and for now, when that happens, yes, it's still going to hurt and it's still going to, you know, it's going to dig deep inside of you and you're going to feel pain, but it's not going to be ongoing. You know, yeah. I think for me, the perfect analogy and this is my dad. Every analogy was based around football, mate. Yeah. And put into simple terms. <laughs> and it just made life so much easier. Like inch by inch is a cinch. That's one. But, you know, dealing with the grief um, and, and the loss of my dad, which, you know, I love him. I love him forever and I'll, I'll miss him. Um, it's like I'm playing footy and I've broken my leg. Yeah. Um, I'm out for the season. Heavy blow. Like it's... When I get when I come back, every time I get a knock, it's gonna hurt. So every time it's Dad's birthday, or every time there's a milestone, or maybe I get you know a new job and I wish he was here for it, or there's a wedding, or a birthday, or um, you know, there's little moments. That's 
they're the blows. When you come back from that injury and you might get tackled and it hits your leg, it hurts. It hurts at the time. Yeah. But you run it off and you get ready for the next game and then a game after that. Um, and then hopefully you win the flag, mate. And through all those knocks, you're, mate, you're at the top of the podium, you're smiling, mate. Exactly. Um, how much is... Um, how much did Dicky and how much has it happened since that he's kind of pushed you to achieve more? Has this whole experience kind of made you kind of hungrier to kind of uh, do as much as you can in the time that you have here? As you were saying before, you know, we only get one life. Are you, does that kind of, um, does it put it in more perspective, I guess? A massive amount of uh, perspective yeah. on life, you know. Um, yeah, like I did say, I was grateful before everything, but, it, you know, this has happened and it makes you realise life really is life really is um, short and precious and you just don't know when it'll um, when it'll go and be taken away. So um, what was the question again? <laughs> as as a whole, did um did Dickie's does Dickie's impact push you to go forward and everything that's happened, does it push you to achieve as much as you that's can? One. Yeah, it 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 does. Yeah. I, I think I always wanted to you know, achieve my dreams. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But even before everything, and I don't know exactly what he would have wanted is that um, for me to, you know, do what I want to do. That was, I think that's one thing dad was uh, massive on is he never pushed us. He, uh, you know, if you want to do something, Wade, I'll support you. You know, I've got your back 100%. And I'm, uh, I won't hold your hand, but I'll support you and um, I'll help you. I'll give you guidance and advice. And Is that must be a very... um a very uh, nice thing to actually hear coming from the other end, isn't it? Mm, massively. You know, it's, I went through, I've been through a couple of little, you know, phases with footy clubs and um, just, uh, I guess, new roles and positions and management roles. And, um, you know, that, a few of them really difficult. Having dad there and even just life circumstances, you know, um, you have troubles with maybe an, a girlfriend or, um, yeah. you know, you, you fail on an exam at school. Or, you know, just done, those done little that. things. Yeah, exactly, man. We all have that. Um, so, you know, he was so supportive through those little things. And even though at the time those things, you know, it feels like the world's on your shoulders and, you know, the ground is crumbling under your feet, which it's not. You know, that's one thing we all need to become more clearer as, as human beings is, you know, life isn't as hard as what you think it is. Yeah. Um, but dad, you know, he, he, he was always supporting you and he'd, he'd know what to say. You know, in that circumstance, you know, you might fail an exam or, um, you know, come on, Wade. Um, you know what you got to do, mate. Yeah. Stop slacking off. He wasn't harsh, but he was, you know, you know what to do, mate. Yeah. yeah. He'd know exactly. He'd kind of lead you there. And yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, a lot of the times he was never, um, he was never strong with words and never, you know, a real... I guess authoritarian yep. kind of dad, which I know a few dads can be. You know, they're pretty harsh. Yeah, um, with their words. My dad was wasn't what he said and how he said it, but it was no, it wasn't what he said. It was how he said it. So it was, you know, it wasn't if I did something wrong, it wasn't go, let's go mad at Wade. It was come Wade. Yeah, you know better than that. Do you um, do you still kind of every time like you make a decision, a big decision or anything like that? Do you kind of think of what would what would he do or what would he say to you to kind of get you get an answer out of her yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah uh, probably not a lot like not heaps but um i know actually when everything you know happened 12 months ago it was like you know quite a few people you know i spoke to were like i still think you're dead every day and when exactly what you said when you know certain um you know decisions have to be made or you know 
they think of dad and they go, what would Dickie do? And when I heard that, I thought, gee, how good's that? You know, because I thought that was just me. Um, yeah. It shows the impact. It shows how, yeah. it shows the character of it. Yeah. I keep saying 100%. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, but it's, yeah it's true, but You know, that's how strong I am on it. But, um, you know, I, I try and every, every day, um, I try and live by the, you know, the idea of respecting everybody, you know, no matter how nice they are to you because not, not everyone's nice. Yeah, of course. But you respecting them. Um, and that's what I'm slowly learning is, you know, not having grudges on people for the fact of, you know, how they treat me, treat them with how you'd want to be treated. Um, and that's, uh, that's what dad's kind of taught me. Um, but yeah, mate. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that, um, you know, you were saying the other night how everybody kind of has their own story and then it shows a lot. Like I'll, you know, I was, I told you mine and I might, I'll, I'll repeat it now, but, um, it's very small because I, I didn't have a, a hell of a lot of interactions. And something that I do remember was that I was about, I'd say, I'm going to say 16. And um, it was me, you, Dickie, and Nathan, your cousin, um, all at his place. We were talking. It was just after the Essendon drug scandal happened. And I remember um, saying something along the lines of, because I was talking about the punishments, and I was saying, oh, if it was a club like St Kilda, North Melbourne, or the Bulldogs, uh, that they basically get they get outed from the competition and they become a VFL team or whatever, and not knowing about about the ties of the Bulldogs, I look back and I go, man, he should have he should have absolutely gone into me about that. <laughs> but uh, for some like yeah, you know, and as a sixteen year old, you know, when you're kind of growing up, you don't a lot of the time see uh, feel like you have the respect from people who are older, and that's something that yeah. You know, Maybe that that's true. Maybe that's not in a certain. Maybe that's all perceived in your head. But I remember um, Dicky actually kind of having a real kind of chat about that and kind of saying it's actually like very true about how big the club is and everything like that. It just you know it's very small, but I I still remember that conversation very well. And it's ridiculous why I do because it, like in the grand scheme of things, it was such a small thing. But it just showed the the time of day that he was willing to give to everybody. Mm. Well, that you know, Dad. You know, listen to everybody for one. Yeah. Um, but that story in itself, mate. You know that everybody gets a lick of the icy pole. That's what he would always say. <laughs> and it's such a you know a basic term, and you think, what the bloody hell are you talking about, Diggy? But it's so true because everyone gets a turn. No one misses out. Yeah. Everyone gets a taste. You know that sweet taste of the lemon icy pole. Everyone yeah. gets a taste because you know what if what if Nick misses out? Yeah. Um, everyone gets a say, and that's one thing I've learnt from him. You know, I've, I've learnt so many things from him, but um, like I said earlier, respecting everybody, respecting everybody's opinions, yeah. um, who they are as people, um, and treating everyone equally. And that, that story sums it up because, you know, he wouldn't butt in on a conversation. Yeah. You know, he would listen to the story and that's something I'm slowly trying to improve on. You know, I love to talk. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, there was probably days when dad would have conversation with people and he just, you know, he'd be thinking in his head, like going hell when's this bloke gonna stop talking <laughs> yeah. but that person will you know always remember that conversation because dad listened and and the next time they'd catch up if it was two years three years five years he would remember that conversation yeah oh how's how's alex's son going what would he be 14 years old now you know four years earlier yeah and that's that's the kind of you know memory dad had dad had an incredible memory it's yeah. a dying art isn't it like kind of yeah. that that attention to detail and that kind of that actual care like the actual care that somebody actually provides for everybody around them it's something that you know it's something that doesn't happen very much anymore do you think that's just a sign of the times i think people are scared yeah yeah i, I can see that definitely i think people are genuinely scared to be themselves you know i think they see it you know 
they perceive that they have to be a certain person or act a certain way. Um, I look at The Rock, for example. He's probably one of my current inspirations. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you know, big wrestling fan. And <laughs> Amazing. I love him. I love him so <laughs> But I love him as a you know, person now. And, and just, mate, he's an incredible, incredible human being. Yeah, um, he is. Well, he's got to where he is off the back of really hard work, working his ass off, yeah. but being a great bloke. Yes. Every single person who you, who follows him, I think he's probably got, how many followers? 50 million followers? He's in the top 10 of Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. <laughs> every single person, every single one of those millions and millions of followers, why why do you follow The Rock? Oh, he's an inspiration and this and that. And he's a great guy. He's so positive. Yeah. That says to me, you know, if why are people scared? You know, you can get to, you, you can reach your dreams and your goals by being a good person. You know, I, especially in the media or the business world or, you know, where I want to go um, in sport and media, you know, there's, there's egos um, and there's mean people. Yeah. Um, and you deal with conf- confrontation and that's going to happen. But you, if, if you know, you know, if you know who you are as a person and, and what your values are, I know that you can get to that, to that goal, reach that goal by being you, by being that good person. It's almost like, um, you know, with somebody like The Rock and that, which is a great example of somebody who's incredibly positive about his outlook at the moment. Um, you know, people would look at that and be like, oh, well, you know, I can't do that. And that's kind of the thing. It's just like, oh, I'm not on that level. And that's kind of their, that's their way of thinking. It's like, yeah. I, I just can't, I can't, you know, approach life like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can do it in my own time, but I can't tell other people to, cause then I'll get, you know, I'll get heckled. I'll get, you know, I'll get abused or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, just, it's, it's a lot of it is kind of a, it's like a classism kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. in what, where you are perceived to be on like the hierarchy. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you the rockets, negative, negative yeah. space, yeah. negative comments, everyone, you know, it's unavoidable. Yeah. You're going even, to be even judged. the rock, exactly the <laughs> nicest guy in the world who I love. Like, there's going to be dickheads out there that you know prefer Stone Cold. Yeah, or, you, know, <laughs> you know, like that. There, there are. And there's going to be hecklers and there's going to be banter and. But it's you know it's it's how you dive into. Uh, to be honest, I, I not that I thrive off that, but I really do think that you can't go anywhere without that. Yeah, you know, break through. I see it as a barrier and smash through it. Like, yeah, yeah, I love that. Create your own barriers and kind of like raise your ceiling and see what exactly. you can actually well, get through. You know, where are you going to where are you going to go? You can't go anywhere inside your comfort zone. You can't exactly. like, you know, sitting in this little room, Nick. And I love your room; it's really nice. But <laughs> mate, like, I know for a fact, you know, um, you got to you know, like you, mate. You've just travelled the world. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you've gone. I'm not going to be in Pearsdale. You know, I'm going to go out and travel the world, mate. You, you're not going have to step outside your comfort zone and if you want something you've never had like what everyone knows you've got to do something you've never done exactly and that's something that um in life a lot of people like you know people get there but sometimes it takes them a lot longer than what they'd actually believe it like you yeah. know I'm just me starting uni that was a huge thing for me and I think that that's Massive. something that I was probably I probably put off I reckon for a year and a half two years because I was just so terrified of what happens if I fail <laughs> exactly. what, like so everyone's so scared of failure they're not they're not willing to mm. try kind of thing yeah. Does um what like in terms of what you're doing now, um yep. you're, you're you know as I was saying before you are very much kind of trying to spread that kind of positivity. What yep. is like you're doing a challenge recently? You're kind of you you're kind of reading a lot of books about certain people and that. Like what is all that and where does that kind of stem from? I love positivity. Yep, as you can probably tell. But I'm not always positive. <laughs> yeah, you know it's you have to have bad days and everyone has it, mate. Um, 
I love the idea of being the best person you possibly can be. Uh, and that's probably, I don't know, not everyone th probably thinks like that. Um, but my idea, idea goal and what I, you know, I want to be a 10 out of, we should all be aiming for a 10 out of 10 in every aspect of our life. Yeah. You know, if we're not aiming for a 10 out of 10, it, you know, if I don't want to be, I want to be a 10 out of 10 fitness wise. You know, I want to feel the best I've ever felt. I want to be a 10 out of 10 mentally. You know, I want to get up every day and know that I'm grateful. Um, I want to be a 10 out of 10 in my relationships, which is, you know, I have to be caring. I have to, um, I have to constantly be communicating with, uh, you know, with my family. I have to be surrounding myself with the right people. I want to be a 10 out of 10 in my career. Yeah. Um, and that means stepping outside my comfort zone. Maybe, you know, saying no to a job because it's not a part of my vision. Yeah. Um, you know, reading a lot of books and that challenge, like you mentioned, um, Lewis Howes, he's an entrepreneur and he's an author and um, podcaster, top 100 podcaster in the world. And he's someone I really, just, really... Just like me. Yeah, exactly, mate. <laughs> mate. Mate, you're better. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. Well, mate, when he, when's your challenge happening? I'll do your challenge. Um, he had this challenge, a social media challenge. And like I, I did mention earlier, the power of social media and um, yeah, and how you can build your own brand and who you want to be. And that's what I want to do. You know, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm building my brand based on what I want to be. Yeah. Um, well, Lewis, uh, he did this five-day greatness challenge. So on Instagram, you post every day. For five days, um, there's a question you have to answer for each day and you have to post about it. So day one, you know, what's your vision? Yeah. Day two, what's stopping you from getting to your vision? You know, day three, who inspires you? You know, um, I wrote my dad, did a big post of my dad. Day four, um, your daily routine, your morning routine. Hey, what's it going to, you know, what kind of role is that going to play in getting to your vision? So you get the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, my ultimate aim, I want to be a 10 out of 10 in all aspects of my life. Uh, you know, the world would be a much better place if we were all like that. Um, but, you know, like Dad always says, it's inch by inch. You know, you can't, Rome wasn't built in one day, mate. So um, I'm a big goal setter, setting goals, uh, not just career-wise, um, you know, uh, spiritually. I want to be, you know, better spiritually. I want to, you know, emotionally, um, physically, intellectually. Yeah. Be, we should all be aiming to to be the best person we possibly can because, mate, we're, we're not here for very long. Are you, uh, aim, would you be aiming to do, like, kind of get to a stage where you can uh, kind of create your own kind of challenge like that? Or, like, is that kind of one of you, would that be something along the goals list? Or? That, that'd be pretty cool, eh? Um, <laughs> I would love that. That'd be really cool. Uh, and it doesn't have, you don't have to have 100,000 followers. Of course, yeah. Um, you just be you. And, you you know, if you've got, if you've got 100 followers, you post, you know, as much as you want based on what you believe in and those hundred followers will follow. Um, so I would love to do a challenge one day. Um, if, if I can influence other people, which you know would be my ultimate goal, you know, I want to, uh, I want to inspire other people by through, my, you know, the challenges I'm going through and I've been through. Um, I want to use that as a, as a, an example. I don't want to use it to my advantage as say, like, yeah. you know, it's not something to be proud of um, or, you know, but I want to use it, for people to look at it and go, wow, look at that guy. He He's loving his life and he's lost his dad. Um, yeah, the, the, it is. And I think it's something that I think everybody can kind of look up to and in that sense that, you know, when you go through that, there are many different ways you can come out of it. And, you know, there are a lot of people who never fully recover from something like that. And I like, there's so many, it, it's so frequent. And there's some people who 
lose everything, they lose their mind, or they just can't quite get back to where they were. And it just it's really um it's really fantastic to hear that you have kind of got to the stage that you are now. And it's something that, you know, it is, as I was saying to you a couple of days ago, it is, it's actually quite inspiring to hear. And Thanks, I think man. that's, you know, it's a huge reason why like, I want, like I wanted you to come on today because I feel like people, any like listening, I don't have a massive audience, but I feel like anybody who does listen can take a couple of things out of this and whatever your, you know, whatever the message you are trying to do coming forward, that's, that's, you know, something that people listening can take with them. And that's something I, it is, it's incredible. I just figured it's like, I'm very, as you were saying, grateful. I'm very grateful you've come on today. I think it's incredible. <laughs> no, mate, thanks for that, mate. Those words mean a lot. Thank you for having me on. Just a, uh, just a few more questions before we get out. Um, Let's do it. A couple, like um, one tough one I wanted to kind of chuck to you. Um, how, uh, sorry, uh, if you had the chance to say some um, something to somebody who has been through something similar than you, is there anything in particular that you would say or is it a case by case? I would probably say, I'd probably say speak up. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I think that's the biggest battle of it is, you know, you feel alone. You know, you're going through a difficult time. Um, probably the hardest hardest experience of your life you go you, you'd be going through that um and you know you're gonna want to <laughs> run away and you know dig a hole and jump in it because life you just think why you know you know and that's sometimes you're allowed to do that you're allowed yeah. to feel shit you know i think that's the most important thing is um acknowledging your feelings that's probably the the biggest um the biggest thing i would say um, don't hide from it if you're having a bad day, don't hide from it. You know, regroup, uh, assess how you're feeling. Um, is acknowledging your feelings, I think, is so important because, you know, you might not even realise you're having a bad day. Um, you don't have to have lost a parent to have a bad day or have it. You know, it, you know that that challenge has happened to me. But there's lots of other challenges that other people are going through. You know, some people are born with no legs. Yeah. Some people, are, I don't know. Some. Look at people with motor neuron disease. I'm a big advocate of that. Yeah. Um, um, you know, some people are Richmond supporters. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had to put that. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, mate. You're doing better than us this year. <laughs> but everyone has, a, you know, every, everyone is thrown challenges. So it doesn't have to be a matter of life and death, but um, acknowledging your surroundings, acknowledging your feelings and surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you. Do you, um, how like you're kind of, you kind of just touched on a little bit, but do you ever... Like since everything's happened, do you kind of look at other people's problems as like petty or like kind of just go like, oh, you know, like you not know, at all, no. not at all. Because no, 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 no. I feel like a lot of people would think that or like no. once something, no. you know, something like crazy or yep. something so disastrous yep. has happened that they would think that every other problem is not big enough. Not at all. Do you um, think it's more like everything's on um, determined to perspective or like how you determine it? it? I think it's basically on that. It's how what your perspective is. Yeah, you know, it's. Everyone's like I, I'll keep mentioning. Everyone's giving a cha given them. Everyone is going to be given shit times in their life. Yeah, challenges are going to be faced. Um, but it's only shit, depending on your perspective. You know, if 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 you're saying it's crap, it's crap. But you know, oh, one thing I listened to Lewis's podcast and a bloke he had on Chris Lee, um, one of his guests, Chris Lee. He mentioned um, a strategy that he uses every day, which is. 
This is an everyday problem. Name up, roll off a few things that you hate doing during the day, Nick. Do you hate brushing your teeth? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'm not a fan of going to work sometimes. Going to work? So I put my, put my work traffic? on. Yeah, tra- <laughs> traffic got me on the Eating way today. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, rather than say I have to, you know, we're always, oh, I have to send traffic today. Yeah. This is shit. You know, what? Why do I have to send traffic? I have to go to work today. Um, you know, I don't know. I have to eat healthy. I have to drink two liters of water today or have to take the dog for a walk. I hate that. Like rather than, I don't know, I'm not meaning this on a spiritual level. This is, you know, I'm blessed to changing that to, I have to, to I'm blessed to, um, puts it in a different perspective. I'm blessed to sit in traffic because I get to be with myself. Yep. Um, you know, I get, I get to reassess the day I get to, you know, or, if I'm sitting in traffic on the way to work, I'm blessed to do that because I get to listen to a podcast. I get, I get to, uh, I don't know, broaden my mind intellectually. I get to learn. Um, you know, I get to maybe ring my mum on the phone or listen to SEN or, you know, um, and it's the same with everything. I'm blessed to brush my teeth because I'm going to get sparkly whites. Yeah. Um, you know, and some people don't list. have that privilege. Exactly. Or like, you know, it's like stuff like that. Exactly. It yeah. is. It's all about how you look at it and you can, yeah. you can, tw- you know, a lot of people twist things to a negative light and I think not enough people twist it to a positive light. And I think that's, you know, something that you're very much on board with. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you, um, did you ever, or like, would you ever um, consider getting into the entertainment industry or like the event, event management industry? Based on my dad? Yes. Um, yes and no. Yeah. yeah. Um, never say never kind of thing. Or? Exactly. Well, like I've always had an interest in it. Um, I think, I don't necessarily have a massive interest on, say, the events and entertainment side of things. Yep. But the relationships, the networking part of Dad's job, I loved. How much? How much did he teach? Like through that, you must have learned a hell of a lot. Massively. I. Uh, Do I you think, still use that today? Definitely. I, I, for one, remember everyone's name. It's so important. It's so hard sometimes. Isn't oh, it? mate, I struggle with it every day. <laughs> oh, mate, and uh, it's a massive battle for me. I'm terrible with names, but that's. That's, the, that's one key. I, the, the main key is making people feel valued. Um, that's how you're going to not only build a strong relationship, but keep it ongoing. Yeah. Um, and that's, I know that's how dad, uh, why he was so influential to so many people because he did the basics well. Um, keep things nice and simple. Remember their names. Um, ask them how they are. Remember what's going on in their life. If you, if you remember something so tiny like... For me, for example, at Melbourne City, yep. um, or anybody you know who's going in for an internship or um, into a new job, the CEO's there. Um, you notice you walk past his desk. You notice a little Bulldogs badge or a Richmond badge, or you know he's got a I don't know a golf a set of golf clubs in the corner of his office. Yeah, you know, mention it. Oh, you're a doggies fan. How's Jake Stringer's game on the weekend? Yeah, bang. You know, like conversation, conversation. Right and I know that's what dad was like with everybody. You know, he'd go to the bakery and order a couple of pies probably and go, <laughs> you know, geez, girls, you've sold nearly all the pies today, you know, <laughs> and bang, there's a conversation starter or you know, it's just being nice to people. Well, it just puts a smile on people's faces, doesn't it? Another example, the other day I went and got petrol, uh, just at Summy, I get petrol there every day. I mean, every week at the show. Yep. And there's a guy that serves, he's not there every time I'm there. But when, he, when he's there, he's just such a lovely fellow. And his name's Norm. And I only know that because of his name tag. Yeah. And I remember that from last time. I went there on Sunday. I think he was working. And there was no one else at the server. And I first put my 
you know, put the petrol, whatever you bloody call it, hose into the, into <laughs> yeah, the yeah. petrol cap. Um, and I looked over and he hadn't clicked the button and I gave him a wave and he smiled back and waved at me. I walked in and I didn't need to look at his name tag again. I remembered, I said, Norm, how are you, mate? And his face lit up. Yeah. Well, we had a five minute conversation. Um, and based on, you know, I asked, how's your week been going, mate? Oh, oh pretty average. I'm like, oh, everything all right? He said, my mum's funeral was this week. And I was like, okay, yeah. See, by that simple thing, and I just tried to, I don't know, give him some positive words. And um, we talked a bit about some positivity and some different things. But just by being nice to someone, I don't know. You, a, a little goes a long way sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Put it in simple terms, mate. That's 100%. Right. <laughs> it's like, a little goes a long way. And just lastly, my last one, um, with everything that's happened, if you could sum up, um, sum up your... Uh, your dad in a word is there anything that comes to mind <laughs> wow that's a hard question um can i just roll off a few words yeah yeah definitely wow gosh mate you put me on the spot here <laughs> um i'll probably say influential yeah loving um probably Probably trust. Mate, I could roll off so many words. It's, yeah. I, I've got, mate, he's, he's been that big of a part in so many people's lives. Um, he's the most giving and caring person I'll ever know. Um, I think that's a massive one. Um, he's just an incredible man. Incredible, incredible man. And sorry, actually, I do have one more, yeah. one more on top of that with you. Um, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered for providing, giving back to the world and to the community. Um, yes, I want to go out and chase my dreams and do things, but I think giving back is so important um, because you got to remember where you've come from. And yeah, yeah I'm not anywhere yet, no, nowhere where I want to be so far, but... Um, Respecting, I want to be remembered for being probably probably respecting every single person that I came across in my life, whether you're black, you're white, um, you're gay or straight, you know, whatever. Yeah. Respect everybody who's who you come across, and probably I want to be remembered for my love for life. Um, that would be my biggest, I think. Um, being remembered for a person who who loved every moment, loved every second, cherished every second, and was grateful for every single thing that he came across and person that he met. Well, thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, uh, <laughs> thank you for coming on today. It's, awesome, mate. Uh, it's been absolutely like humble, it, humbling to have you here just because as I said at the start, it was, it was very almost daunting for me to even uh, like kind of organize a meetup to try and pitch the idea to you because I, as you just don't know, you don't know how you would, and, and yeah. I was, would have been fully like, you know, <laughs> accepting of however you would have reacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just something that I wasn't too sure, but, uh, I hope that everybody listening took, a f uh, takes a few things away from this. I hope, I feel like they will regardless. Um, you know, where, um, you know, you were saying before you're doing a lot of things on Instagram. Do you want to chuck your handle? Uh, yeah, well, mate, bloody beautiful. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm loving my Instagram. So Wade Custerson, um, have you got the name? We have the name written up on, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the spelling is just Wade Custerson. No, no uh, underscores. Nothing. Uh, that's my Instagram. So uh, I'm just basically posting um, what I'm doing, documenting my life, I suppose, uh, and the and 
and just the content I'll be providing is just uh, everything I'm doing. So, Nick, I just want to thank you, mate. It's been a, a great chat. It's, mate, something I probably didn't imagine I'd be talking about so early, to be honest, and so openly. So, that's um, been awesome. Thank you so much, man. Ah, Nick, thanks, mate. Just want to, um, you know, quickly thank Way once again. I'm, you know, I'm recording this bit at least um, on the Tuesday. Um, you know, this is something that I was really, really nervous and saying and really and asking. Like, this was kind of my whole goal as as a podcaster or trying to become one at least to try and get people on to tell their stories and like to really to connect with people and kind of hopefully you as a listener, if anybody is listening has yo taken something out of this um yeah it's as i I say this and i i said it during the show but like it was almost like it was very humbling to have somebody like wade come on and just the way he handled himself because i was incredibly nervous incredibly worried of what to ask what not to ask it's just it's just such a breath breath of fresh air and I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for him coming on and just taking the time. And I think that, you know, he's taught me that you know, just to try and always look look for those positives. And, you know, I, I always try to, but, I, you know, just by nature, I feel like I'm, you know, can be very negative at times. But, you know, you live, you learn. And I think that the more people you talk to, the more you're going to learn in life. And I think that, you know, in the hour and a half and 15 minutes that I talked to Wade, I feel like I've learned something and that's why I'm doing this. Like I want, I want to learn and I want people around me to learn and just thank you once again, Wade. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nick Brown, Franny Brown from Franny Brown Town. This is the 14th reason. This is Leads from World Culture. This is El Diablo, El Dorado, El Dorito. We have the Total 90 Premier League podcast coming on every Tuesday night. We have the Backbone Music podcast every second Thursday. And we have Close to the Sun coming every week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Thank you guys for listening.